So we're going to be doing a little uh, panel uh, tonight in regards to talking about the Bible, um, the scriptures. And so there will be a number on the screen uh, for you to text in a question about the Bible. Uh, Feel free to just ask whatever question you want, and we're going to do our best up here to uh, answer the questions that you ask. And... You know, we're not experts. We're, we, we're still in process as well and figuring out and learning about the Bible, but we want to be as helpful as we can. And this by no means is the last conversation we want to have about the scriptures. Uh, we'd love to talk to you guys further or even afterwards um, or just throughout the year of, of, you know, questions in regards to the Bible. So we want to be available for you to come alongside. So before we get started... Um, just wanted to ask these guys up here, these gals, about uh, really why is it important to read the Bible, first of all, and why is it, why was it, or is it significant for y'all to read the Bible as believers? How would you answer that? I'll start off. Um, so why I feel like it's important for me to read the Bible? Um, well, I think my first response is it, it kind of comes down to what uh, what I know the Bible to be, which the Bible is not just um, you know words that are forming my life and are giving me instruction about how to live and how to be and 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 what kind of person that I'm meant to become, but but the way that um, the way that I think or one of the ways that we can connect with God is through the Bible, but also viewing the Bible as God's love letter to us, that God is inviting me into a relationship with himself and that he's given me these these letters in the form of his word, in the form of Genesis to Revelation, and that it's a way that I build my relationship with him. It's a way that I get to know what he's like and that I get to know who I am through it as well. Learning about all the things that he says about me as a person and, and some of the things that, that he says about himself, that he's good, that he's trustworthy, that he's holy, that he is all loving and grace and that he is just. And then what he says about me in response is, I'm made in his image. I'm made to carry his love and his goodness into the world. And, and that um, through what Christ has done, I'm a new person and that I'm created to do good things that he's prepared in advance for me to do. Uh, so I think the, the why for me is just that, that relational aspect of that, that this is a way that I spend time with God and that, uh, and that he speaks to me in an intimate way. Um, I think I used to um, see it as um, I just want a message for me today that I can just think of throughout the day and, um, you know, it comforts me. Um, and I would read my Bible because I knew that I needed to. Um, but the Lord um, met me through the passage of Romans 8 um, several years ago and since then i knew that i wanted to know god and that was through his word um and so reading my bible is not um 
for me. It's it's for him because, like Mary Beth said, it's um, where he has shown his love that this book has been preserved um, over so many years, and that's so amazing how it's been kept, um, and that he is something that he wants me to know, um, that he's spoken, and um, yeah. Yeah, that's great. So, uh, yeah, great, great responses. Another question is how can we trust that God, or trust that the Bible is true? How can, how can we trust that the Bible is true? That's a good one. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we, when we were talking about this earlier, um, we, we kind of expected this question. And the thing that we have to be honest with you guys about is, is this. This is a question that's been around. And that this is a question that's been asked numerous times. And so, just giving a few sentences about how to answer this question is not going to be adequate. So, I want to just repeat what Blake said at the beginning. That um, we'll, we're going to do our very best to, to give you a very brief answer. But I'm, I'm hoping and praying that this, this is a great question that leads to further conversations. So if, if you have questions after we respond, please come see us. And, and we would love to just sit down and continue to talk about that. Um, but to, to, give, to give an answer, how, how can we trust that the Bible is true? Um, there's a variety of answers that are out there. There's a plurality of um, directions you can come. There's not just a single piece that you can say, here it is, drop the mic kind of thing. Um, I, I would say, number one, God's word is a reflection of his character. And therefore, we believe that God's word is true because God himself is truth. We think of passages where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That corresponds directly to his word. That's just one example, right? And so therefore, you know, this, you know the, the validity, the truthfulness of the scriptures is something that for ages has been debated. And yet it's, it stood the test of time. I, if you, if you think about that and, th- and thought about that age after age, God's word stands true, not only is that just amazing in itself, but that even points to what God says about his word, right? Numerous times in the scriptures we see, hey, the world's going to go away. You're, you're going to go away, but God's word will remain. Okay. And so those are just two quick examples. There's other examples we could give, and, and maybe these guys can give one, but I just want to point to, the, to those two. Yeah, I can share. So uh, this is actually a question that, I, um, that I've asked at one point in my own journey. Like, do I really believe everything in the Bible? You know, like, <laughs> is this really all true? Is this really all real? And, um, and so I did some research uh, myself, especially when I was in college, just really trying to wrestle that out. Um, and so one of the things that really um, confirmed uh, the accuracy of the Bible to me is that there are other um, scholars out there who can affirm and attest to a lot of the things that the Bible has said have actually been historical events that can be verified and that are also... Um, you know, that affirm these things have happened. 
the flood, you know, just one example that there has been a flood um, that was significant, covered the earth. Um, another thing, um, just to coming down to the just transcription of the Bible. So um, I read that uh, Jewish scribes were so, so particular about every single word that they put in the Bible and that they took such grace and such care that they did not alter or change the words. And even when they would even just write the name of God, they had this ritual where they would actually <laughs> take off the garments that they were wearing, cleanse themselves, put on new garments, and then continue writing scriptures because they felt so unworthy, so, uh, or they, they understood the holiness of God and that they took such care to preserve exactly what God had said. And so over time, in comparing different manuscripts that have been written, and there are thousands, thousands of manuscripts from uh, the Old Testament and the New that have been transcribed, comparing those things, the words really remain the same. There's really not much difference between them all. And um, so that's, that's one way, just even just with the, his, the history and even the, just the transcription process that I, for me, that really verifies this is, a, this is a true book. And it's been preserved, like Maggie said, preserved throughout the ages. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, those are good. Um, so another question uh, we see here is a little more practical. Uh, where should, really as Christians, where should we start reading the Bible? Uh, you know, reading the Bible seems overwhelming. Where should we start? What are some maybe help, helpful, tip, helpful tips that you guys have gleaned from? Or where, where did you guys start when you were believers, maybe? Um, I'd say if you really don't know anything about God, then start at Genesis with creation. Um, but if you know some things, or if you don't know the Gospels, then you can start with the Gospels, and um, really just, I don't know, I guess it just depends on, you know, you can do a reading plan if that works for you, or um, just start somewhere. I really encourage you to try to get through the Bible, even if it takes you three years to read all of it. Um, like, it's it's so worth knowing all of it and everything makes sense in the whole context mm -hmm. yeah like where did you start yeah well i i i mean i read the bible a little bit as a little kid but when i really started digging in the bible for my own well-being and wanting to know more about jesus i started in first john i started in matthew mark um but i think what was so helpful was that I didn't I didn't read it by myself um, especially as someone who's a new believer who's trying to figure out all these doctrines these these words things that are kind of hard to explain I I some someone in college discipled me um, and so I, I'm very passionate about I mean everyone in here probably has read the Bible before um, but I think it's so important to be able to have someone to bounce ideas off of to kind of glean from um, so that's where I started, and I had someone that actually walk through uh, the book of John with me for like a couple months, so that was very helpful for me. How about you got any any other thoughts or those are good? Okay, all right, next one. 
Uh, what should we do when we have questions about the Bible? When re- or what should we do when we have questions about the Bible when we read it? So, what are some practical things that we can do if we do have questions? Which, I mean, I do. So. Um, well, I just want to first say that number one, it's healthy to have questions about the Bible. Um, I think largely, sometimes we uh, we hear or we think um, I need to avoid this question, right? Or you know, we we bring it up to to someone and and they say that's a that's a dumb question in regards to the scriptures. Um, we need to ask difficult questions because we believe that the scriptures give sufficient answers. Um, and sometimes those answers aren't the answers that we necessarily like or want, um, but we trust that, that God is faithful to speak to us through his word. Um, and so when we do have questions, um, you know, personally, I um, wrestle, well, I do a number of things. Number one, I ask people that I know are going to give me good biblical insight. Someone that's, it's going to kind of say, sound a little um, brash, but um, someone that's going to point me back to the scriptures. Um, you know, I, I try to stay away from their personal opinion. I want to know what the scriptures say. Now, um, with that being said, there are issues of liberty in which they may give me their opinion, um, but I'm hoping that person's going to point me back to the scriptures. And then also knowing uh, good biblical uh, resources um, to go to. Um, and, and I think that's one thing um, that we want to help you guys with is when you do have questions, when you're struggling with how to read scripture or how to deal with a, an issue, number one, us and the rest of the SDS team being a, a resource to you, but also you having um, resources yourself, knowing, okay, I can go to this resource, this book, this author, um, and, and using those resources to do your, you know, dig where you're passionate about. Right, and and that will you know not only train you to um, become better students of God's word, um, but that's that's how we grow as well. Uh, so, I definitely so agree with Chris. I I think you know uh, having questions is so healthy. It's 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 something that you know. Um, we don't ever need to be afraid to ask our questions, you know, and and I believe that if God is who he says he is, then he can handle all of it. He can handle all of our questions and our doubts and our, you know, concerns. So um, I would say definitely um, for, for somebody like me who sometimes can come across something and then forgets about it later, <laughs> it's it's a good thing to uh, to really search it out. So I write down my questions and, um, and I think one of the ways that we can learn how to, you know, search it out for ourselves is, uh, I, I think go to the scriptures and see exactly what scripture says about a certain question. Um, if it can answer it, you know, um, for instance, maybe, uh, you have a question about, uh, what you should do in a certain relationship, maybe, uh, for, forgiving or something, uh, so the word, you can take the word uh, forgiveness or forgive, you know, and look up 
all scriptures that apply to that word, and you might just type it into Google, you know, and and see, you know, the list of scriptures that have to do with forgiveness. And so, uh, you know, that's that's a way to take a subject, to take a to take something, a theme, and uh, and and look up all the verses that have to do with that subject or theme. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. So. Yeah, that's good. Okay, next question. Why are there so many Bible translations? Which one is the best? I have a personal best, but that doesn't mean it is the best. Um, any, any thoughts on, on that? Yeah, well, so... <laughs> um, hello again. Uh, so, like, uh, like I said, uh, previous on another uh, question, there are lots of manuscripts of the Bible, and and the reason that there are is because that was a way that people actually had the Word of God circulating in different circles. So, um, so for instance, uh, when when uh, after Jesus rose from the dead, there were scribes who wrote down um, the the Gospels. And, and letters, and people would copy the Gospels, and people would copy those letters, and then they would keep circulating them. They would send them off into diff distant regions and different countries and cities. So we have so many because we didn't have the internet. <laughs> we didn't have, you know, one place. We didn't have the cloud where we can just, you know, look up something and everyone else can look up at, um, look it up simultaneously. That was the way that they sent uh, the uh, God's word all around was uh, through writing it down and sending it off with uh, with uh, someone who could deliver it to other people. And so, so we have all these different manuscripts, and. You know, to be honest, I don't. I don't know that there's necessarily one that's better than the other. It's just um, some may be a little bit more true to the language as it's directly translated. Like, for instance, um, I wouldn't necessarily recommend the the message as like you know, this is God's word, <laughs> because the message is more of like a summary or a paraphrase, um, and it's it's beautiful. I use it sometimes as like devotional reading because I think it's kind of cool to put the language a little bit more in a uh, common uh, context. But, um, you know, a, a, an authentic translation is going to be something like the ESV or the NIV or the uh, New King James Version, th those kinds of ones. So I, I want to piggyback off that. All right, so I'm going to be a little nerd for for just a second okay so if you can like pay like i don't know understand my nerdiness um i love this i love this question and um so just like mary beth was saying we have all these manuscripts right well when um i mean the esv is a is a new translation but think of it like this when these individuals uh wanted to create the esv what they did was they took all these manuscripts and kind of brought them all together and basically people that are way smarter than any of us in here began to um, look at these manuscripts compare them and there's a whole art to this and I cannot explain it in 20 seconds so I'm not okay um, 
But what they did was they would take these manuscripts and compare them, and then from those manuscripts, they would translate um, from, in the New Testament, um, the Greek to English, right? And in the Old Testament, Hebrew and Aramaic to English. Now, with that, you have kind of a different thought process. Um, some people would say we need more like a word-to-word translation, right? Which would be like this word in Greek means this word in, in English. Long story short, it's not always easy, right? Word order changes. It's a lot of things. Okay, I'll be happy to show you. But it, it's, it's difficult. And so you have two different, like a spectrum. You have people that do more word-to-word. This word means this word. This word means this word. And then you have on the other side, you have like, well, these words together kind of are saying this and kind of just the general thought behind the verse. Okay, so a word-for-word version would be like the ESV or the New King James Version. Um, And then on the other side would be like the New Living Translation or or uh, NIV would end up. And so you have kind of more of a readability. Okay, does that make sense? So is there one that's the best? They, They all go back to those manuscripts, except for the message. But they all go back to those manuscripts. And that that's why we would say the message is not necessarily the best translation because it's not a translation but um (laughs) it's because that when they translated the message they didn't look at the greek and the hebrew text they they just looked at another english version um and so i'd be happy to explain that even further because i love that topic anyway very helpful (laughs) very good okay next one since this is good since Jesus didn't come until the New Testament, do, do I even need to read the Old Testament? Is the Old Testament relevant to my life? Yeah, that is good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I have something to say. Um, so I'm in Bible school, and this past year had survey of the Old Testament. So I was reading and learning about that a lot. And um, since then, like after having... Um, studied that um, in class, um, and I started reading the Gospels again, started in Matthew in January, and when I did that, the Gospels had never made so much sense to me, because I had studied um, in depth the Old Testament, and I was able to pick things out that I learned from the Old Testament, like, oh yeah, this is talking about this part in the Old Testament and having gone, gone through the, um, the minor prophets too, talking about the day of the Lord, I realized how much that is spoken of in the New Testament as well. Um, and, you know, it wouldn't be there if it wasn't relevant for our lives. I think the gospel or the Bible as a whole um, God intends um, to be relevant for our lives, and um, Jesus even pointed back to it all the time, and, and so did the apostles, and that's where all those prophecies of Jesus are, and I think it's another thing that you can point back to um, of trusting the Bible, like there's so many prophecies that were fulfilled, and Jesus even himself, he came to fulfill the whole law. Like, that is not something that 
has nothing to do with us. It's just we don't have to do it because he did it for us. Um, well, in the sense of, that, that's good, by the way. In looking at the Old Testament, you know, you read some of these laws, some of these practices that the Israelites did, and you think, man, that's not really, that's a little odd. Um, but obviously, some of those ceremonial laws, the civil laws that applied to the Israelites back in several thousand years ago don't necessarily apply to us now because Jesus fulfilled a lot of that when he came and paid the debt of our sin by dying on the cross. Um, but in the sense of the moral law, a lot of the things that, you know, right and wrong and, and things that were mentioned in the Old Testament still very much apply because um, Jesus, like Maggie said, mentioned a lot about it, but even dig deeper because a lot of that was more external. Jesus very much talked about the heart, issues behind even murder, um, adultery, divorce, all these different things, but he digs even deeper, like with anger. Um, so I think definitely the Old Testament would apply um, because, like Maggie said too, a lot of it does point to Jesus, but we can learn a lot about who the God of the Bible is, understand his attributes even more, because we, we can learn about God through the New Testament, absolutely, about Jesus, but we can even learn more about the entirety of who God is by reading the entire Old Testament. Even if some of the stuff can be a little challenging to read, um, it's still very helpful. Yeah. So, okay, next question. Uh, okay. Ooh. Aren't most Bible stories about adults? Are there any stories about God using kids around our age? So, middle school, high school years. Hmm. Oh, Mary Beth, there you go. Okay, guys, David. Do you know how old David was when he killed Goliath? I think he was like 12. Like, no joke. Like, he was a really young guy. Um, So... That's all I have to say. No, I'm just kidding. Um, also, Mary. Mary, she was probably very young teen, too. She might have been 13, maybe 12 to 15, when the Lord said, hey, girl, I'm going to do something to you. Not in a, Oh, that sounds really weird. Okay. He was like, hey, girl, <laughs> you're going to give birth to my son. Uh Okay, you know what? There's just no going that back. That was a little paraphrase. Yeah, it was yeah. a paraphrase. Yeah. It was like the message. Um, so, um, so yeah, you know, and like there's, there's this Old Testament story about a little girl um, healing something. I don't know. She, she did something. Uh, I'm just saying, yes, um, it doesn't, huh? And the disciples, yeah, the disciples were many, yeah, Timothy, Joseph. I mean, all of these stories, uh, all these people that we're mentioning, it all started when they were very young. Uh, Age doesn't matter. And um, there's even a scripture that I'll uh, reference here. It's from 1 Timothy. Timothy was a young guy when Paul took him under his wing. Uh, So, Timothy was somebody who came to the Lord actually through his mom and his grandmother, and um, and then he met Paul, um, and um, and Paul started mentoring Timothy and raising him up to become um, a pastor of the church uh, that was in the city Ephesus, 
And, um, and he said to him in this letter, 1 Timothy, this was a letter written by Paul, it said, First uh, Timothy 4, verse 12, let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example and speech and conduct and love and faith and purity. So that's pretty powerful stuff. Let no one despise you. Let no one look down on you just because you're young. God can use you in a mighty way, and you can already do that by the way that you live, by setting an example. So. Yeah, and, and just to piggyback off that, um, you know, it, it's also really encouraging. We see throughout the scriptures of, you know, uh, whole families coming to faith. I, I think of the passage um, that Paul talks about that it's the responsibility of older men to teach younger men and older women to teach younger women. And so, you know, it is something where as teenagers, you, you tend to gravitate towards, okay, where is someone in the scriptures that was in my situation so that I can relate to them? And I want to encourage you that Probably more encouraging than age would be um, the state or the nature. It's, I, I find it more encouraging that God used messed up sinners in such great ways. And that, that applies to all of us. That doesn't, it doesn't matter in regards to age. And so, you know, I, I think that's what the scriptures are really emphasizing when we look at some of those heroes of the faith. Um, they varied in ages. And sure, God uses young people, but he uses sinners. And I think that relates to us even more so than age. Yeah, that's good. So I think this, this may be the last question. Yeah, I think this will be the last one. Um, I think we, we got some ice cream in, out there. That's, not the, that's more of a, that's another, that's not even a Bible question. That's just a good question to know. We, we got ice, ice cream. Well. Do we? <laughs> Let me tell you. All right. This is the last Bible question. And, okay, so this one's a good one. Are there errors, contradictions, or discrepancies in the Bible? Why is it important to believe that the Bible is without error? That's a good one. A little similar to the whole, you know, God is trustworthy, but um, similar. But you all have any thoughts on that yeah i believe it's without error and um why that's important is because of the god of the bible um you know if you believe in him and that he um inspired the writing of it through um various peoples um then you have to believe that if he's without error if he is perfect if he can't fail um then his word is also perfect and um, you're able to trust um, every word, every sentence throughout all of it. Yeah. So uh, there are places in scripture that I think that can, can look like, wait, hold on. I heard this story in this part and I heard it in this part, like the gospels, for instance, and they appear to have maybe details missing or, um, or maybe told in a different way. Um, and, and really, it's, it's not so much that they contradict each other. I think it has more to do with 
the, the details that the author of that letter or that gospel wanted to show to that particular audience. So I think that there are um, ways that God uses a specific uh, writer of scripture to tell a story and, um, and, and the same for other ones that are writing the same story. And so it's not that they're contradicting, they're, uh, they're both uh, supporting the same event, but just told di a little differently. So um, anybody else? Yeah. I'll, I'll kind of, sorry. I'll, uh, I'll tackle that second question there. Why is it important to believe that the Bible is without error? Um, that, that's a, first of all, it's a great question. And and it's important because of several reasons. Number one, we've already mentioned, um, it's a reflection of how we view God, number one. A, a view of God's word is a reflection of God and how we view him personally. Um, and, and there's a variety of implications there, but I'm going to leave that there. Second, it's, it's important to believe that it's without error because... Um, the very salvation of our souls is contingent upon it. Um, if God's word isn't true, then as Paul says, we are the most to be pitied, right? I think he's talking about Jesus' resurrection there, but by comparison, there are also the scriptures in the sense that we, um, I wrote down um, in 1 Peter 1, 1.23, it says this, since you, Christians, have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. Notice that the living and abiding word of God is our salvation, right? And so we see that it's important to believe, to have a high view of Scripture, because our very souls rest and find peace, not only today, but eternally in the very fact that it is true and trustworthy. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, I would agree. And um, I think sometimes it can be challenging to believe that the Bible is true when we look at culture or we look at people in our lives that are telling us something different. And that can be hard because sometimes objective truth, well, objective truth doesn't change throughout e eternity, but subjective truth always changes. Um, in our culture right now, there's a lot of things in the Old Testament, New Testament that we can see are, uh, could be very hostile to the world, um, and that can be hard to swallow. But I think the important part for us as believers is to give, give a reason for the hope that we have in a gentle and respectful manner. Um, and as believers, we shouldn't be you know, out with pitchforks being like, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're horrible, this is why, blah, blah, blah. I mean, we're called to, 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 yeah, grace and truth, exactly, to, to proclaim the gospel with grace and truth. And, you know, we're in process of learning how to do that as well. And, and so, but I will say there is a lot of resources out there. And if, please, feel free to come to us if you have any questions. And I know we've said that already, but just wanted to say it again. Um, so I think that, that ends our time. It's about 7.15. Uh, I'll go ahead and pray us out, and then we can all go and enjoy some ice cream and all that stuff. So, all right, let us pray. Uh, Father, we, we come to you thankful that you haven't given us a word that uh, is, con is 
confusing. Um, you've given us your clear word to help us in our lives. Um, you've given us a word that is sufficient for us to know you and to live the lives that you've called us to live. Thank you that even within our questions, within our doubts, you still give us mercy. You still give us the grace that we need. And I just ask as we move forward in our walks with you that as we ask these questions, that you would protect our hearts and our minds from not falling away, but drawing closer to you and that you would show up in the midst of it. That Holy Spirit, you would do a work in us that our faith would deepen, our knowledge of you would grow, not that it would puff up, um, but that we would use our knowledge for, for you to love other people where they are and that you would help us to do that. We love you. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen.